Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Micro a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode features three contemplative pieces that interpret small elements of nature to signify a deeper conversation about life, death, and relationships. This first one is an ekphrastic poem that concerns rebirth and death housed within the life cycle of flowers. It's called Iceland Poppies. It was written by Natasha Graham and published by The Nervous Breakdown on June 1st, 2020. Enjoy. Iceland Poppies by Natasha Graham. An ekphrastic poem inspired by Vanessa Bell's painting of the same name. Restrained. I, born of the title of Virginia Woolf's sister, mourn the passing of my paintings in the privacy of this new home. Number eight, Fitzroy Square, bombed last night. Art, the only fatality. Clustered, cloistered, perhaps, by other people's things, second-hand. The generosity of others is not unwelcome, but... The task at hand to make of them her own is in itself an art form. After all, one can always paint more paintings. Retrained, the poppies remained. Iceland poppies. How apt that death survives, now hangs in the corner of the back room. Charleston, next to the fireplace where this life steps outside, removes itself from the concentric circles of a particular triangle. A Sussex Bloomsbury welcomes and becomes in itself a new life, underlined, with a sister's full stop. Reborn, she outlives, but never outdoes, plants a garden of poppies, of cotton lavender, lupins, and iris. This garden, her garden, a formal layout with unruly plantings, where each year she saves the circular nut and seed from the wisteria, who once bloomed, once purple, now pulp brown, knocks one last time against her bedroom window. This wind in grey circles hits the house, 
and takes her finally with it. Natasha Graham writes for stage and screen as well as fiction and poetry. You can find her on Twitter at Natasha underscore Graham or on her website at NatashaGrahamWriter.com. This next one is a beautiful hermit crab piece structured in the multiple choice format of a homework assignment. It's appropriately titled Homework and was written by Cheryl Pappas and published by the Chattahoochee Review in February 2021. Enjoy. Homework. Question. What is the end of your life? Answer. Is it A. A door closing slowly? B. A meadow flush with golden buttercups, a rejoicing? Or is it A. A lost lover standing before you? Or B. Recalling your first lover in his beat-up car, his smile as he kept turning from the road to you, the road to you, and then remembering he no longer exists? Or is it A, a tower of alphabet blocks tumbling onto the carpet again and again? Or B, after a long night of drinking, seeing a fox on the side of the road, and thinking it's not a metaphor? Or does it, A, reveal a great love after all for the sword of Damocles, which has tantalized you through so many ages of your life? Or B, simply relieve you of the worry about leaving the bikes out in the rain? In other words, is it, A, meant to help you see the lines of an oak leaf as written by light, as you did the first time? Or B, meant to help you see not the leaf, not the lines, but all the light that's passing through? Cheryl Pappas writes fiction and poetry, and her first flash fiction collection will be published by WordWest Press in September 2021. Congratulations, Cheryl. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Fabulous Pappas or on her website at CherylPappas.net. Our last one is a flash fiction piece that involves the fragility of life, love, and a fraught relationship quite literally going the distance. It's called Santiago. It was written by Joe Varnish and published by Baron Magazine. Please enjoy. Santiago. 
we realised we have a stowaway just outside Viana do Costello. We had woven our way through the warm evening up the Portuguese coast, quiet from an afternoon spent on the grounds of a Gothic monastery. After sharing our picnic of white rolls and cheese from the local market, we had relaxed back on the thick, crunchy grass and shielded our eyes from the sun, taking in the view of the grey stone spires against the cloudless sky. Sean's focus now fixed on the road. He moves his hand to my thigh, his thumb tapping to the beat of the radio's tinny Europop. I shift in my seat so his hand rests on the bag next to my leg. Eleven years older than me, unshaven, his face puffy but handsome, Sean looks like a cowboy. It's inside the van, I'm positive, I say. It'll get out, he replies. Can you stop now so I can look? It's a cicada, it'll be fine, it can get out tomorrow. He moves his hand back to the steering wheel. The headlights throw a brief ghostly highlight on lemon trees and haphazard chunky stone walls, and every once in a while on a dog or a group of dogs, short-furred and lanky-legged, always running. We stop outside a Repsol gas station to get drinks. I watch Sean walk over to the mart. He pauses to look at the blue fly zapper plugged in above the entrance, nods as it kills its prey. I climb through to the back to search for the cicada, his song strong. I move my tattered magazines, Allure and Marie Claire, and the sofa bed's cushions to the floor, my Pantene shampoo and lavender soap to the sink, trying to locate his call. What the fuck? Sean says, head poking in the camper van door, cokes in hand. I'm looking for Santiago. I step on the sofa bed, ducking my head, and open the cabinet above. The cicada? Yup, I say. Can you put this back together so we can get going? He sips his coke. Just give me a few minutes, or help. There's no room to help. I turn and see him get into the driver's seat. And I'm pretty sure Santiago's a Spanish name. I shut the cabinet doors and climb to the front. Sean starts the engine. As he pulls out, I scrunch up my throw blanket and use it as a pillow against the passenger door, looking out into the night. It's Portuguese too, I think. Welcome to Spain, Sean whispers as we cross the border. I doze until we stop for the night in Pontevedra. Sean parks in a rest area, long limb trees reaching down almost to the windshield. I think Santiago's stuck inside the door panel, I say. Sean looks at me. I'll check tomorrow, in the light. He won't be chirping in the morning. We won't know where he is. We don't know where he is now, he says. I lean my head back. Please, Sean. The search of the door panel reveals nothing but Sean's increasing disenchantment with my rescue efforts. He shrugs I told you so as he screws the plastic panel back to the door. I don't know what to do, I say. There's nothing to do. He'll get out if he wants, he says. By the time we get to France, I say, it'll be too cold for him. It's a fucking cicada. So it doesn't matter, I say. Christ, I give up, he glares at me. Of course you do. What? Of course you give up, I say. He rubs his shoulder. Are we still talking about a bug in the van? We could have had a baby, I say. I know. He is still. It's not something I can just forget. I get out of the van and walk over to the restroom. Sean doesn't follow me. As we drive, I pretend to sleep. I try to isolate the direction of the cicada's fading call, weakened by the cooler air, by hunger, by loneliness. I fall into a restless dream where I am the cicada trapped in this tin van, my calls unanswered. 
Can we talk about this? Sean says in the early hours, waking me. He slides under the cover beside me on the sofa bed. I turn to him, pulling his face to mine. I had told him he looks like a cowboy one night a few months before as we sat on canvas fold-up chairs by the camper van, sipping port from mismatched mugs. There'd been a slight chill in the air and he'd given me his UMass hoodie with its smells of tobacco and bug spray, the only remnant of his abandoned MBA. We had spoken bravely that night, proofing ourselves from future tension by laundering our history at that early stage when newness and desire absolve so freely. I don't know what to do now, I say. Can we work that out together, he asks. He puts my hand inside his, curls his fingers around mine and squeezes. At the moment I realise I can no longer hear the cicada calling, Sean whispers, Rest in peace, Santiago. I look through the window towards the village lights on a distant mountainside, a constellation of stars in an otherwise darkened landscape. Joe Varnish is the creative nonfiction editor at X-Ray Literary Magazine and has short fiction and creative nonfiction in Pank, Jellyfish Review, Pithead Chapel, and others. You can find her on Twitter at JoeVarnish1 or on her website at JoeVarnish.com. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Original music is by Matt Ordez. You can find all of the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. Subscribe to the show and check out some of our other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also always find our shows at micropodcast.org, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening. <laughs>